Sportsnet 960, the fan. You know it's a good morning when you hear the tramps and Disco Inferno. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan for your Wednesday. Flames with a big 7-3 win over the Sharks last night. Setting a franchise record. Two goals in 30 seconds to kick off the game. The fifth fastest in NHL history. Um, good morning, Matty Rose. Um, Yo! By the, by the way, we're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. How many people, how many Flames fans were just settling in to watch the game and probably missed those first two goals last night? And when they turn on the TV, they're like, what the what? You know what? Maybe if it wasn't an 8.30 start and we were all waiting around for the darn thing to get going. If it was a 5 o'clock start, you would have missed the first two for sure. But I bet everyone was sitting there waiting. Popcorn was ready. There was a lot of extra time to get ready for that one yesterday. But I understand your point. Yeah, they were quick goals. Two and 30, yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah, I will say watching sports in the mountain time zone is pretty awesome. It's good. I like it. And uh, you, you're you a little spoiled thinking 8.30 is a late start. That's how it is in Calgary, baby. Okay. I'm uh, I'm back home in Niagara Falls uh, for the holidays. Uh, game started at 10.30 my time last night. Yeah, that's no way to live. <laughs> that's late. That's no way to live. I don't nope. like that at all. Nope. Uh, but... Good game for the Calgary Flames outside. I was thinking about this. Um, do you want to play a little fill-in-the-blank today? Sure. I'd like to play some fill-in-the-blank. That sounds like fun. Uh, Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than blank. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's a fun fill-in-the-blank. Hmm. I'm going to have to ponder some good ones here, but uh, I'm sure I can come up with a few. Uh, 960, 960, name and location on the text line. The Flames' two goals last night was faster than blank. <laughs> faster than Alex Brody sliding over a barbell? I'm just kidding. <laughs> My goodness, George. You've been taking some <laughs> unprecedented shots at poor Alex Brody this week. I'm just kidding. No, you know a- what it is? I'm just kidding. You know what it is? It's because he's What's in a that? different room, and he's not so afraid of you. That's what Yeah, I'm always terrified sure. of Alex. Yeah, that's got to be what it is. Not his imposing presence. I'm just kidding, Alex. I love you. Uh, you do a great job on the show. By the way, uh, Derek Wills uh, busting out the deking jockstrap line last night. I love yeah. that. Always love when the, the jockstrap gets uh, left on the ground, per se. That was fun. Yeah, there was a couple of just egregious turnovers by the Sharks Ooh. to start the game once again. As they just yeah, just hoping a prayer anytime the puck is in their zone and it's on one of their defensemen's stick, just ring it like and not even as hard as you can. Just kind of put it around the boards and hope for something good to happen. And it didn't happen ever at all, really, for the Sharks in that game. Um, I think that was. When you watch that game and then you hear it's a franchise record and the fifth fastest in NHL history, it's kind of mind-blowing, right? Like, how many of our listeners have been watching the Flames for decades? And last night in San Jose was historical how quickly they scored those first two goals. Kind of crazy. And even listening to Rick Ball's call last night, uh, he was, like, so surprised that it was already 2 nothing. You're like, and they score again! And bang, just like that, James Reimer has no idea what hit him. It reminded me of last year when the Flames at the midway point of the season had scored the first goal in like 75% of their contests. And that was one of the key kind of stats to how they were able to have such a great season. They'd get out to a lead. They would score a couple more goals along the way because scoring wasn't nearly the issue that it was this year. And then they'd shut it down because they had the Daryl Sutter system. And if you waned from that system that helped you secure wins, well, you'd probably get parked for the rest of the game. And yesterday was an example. Well, not really a great example because the Sharks came back and tied the game. But 
Yesterday was kind of one of those examples where if you get out to a lead, good things can happen. They didn't get the insurance goals until much later in the contest in the third period in which felt like a a little bit of a completely different storyline in itself with who was involved in the goal scoring. But it was wild to think that, you know, even for me, like I've watched this team for, you know, 30 years and for that to be the fastest two, it's pretty unique. Uh, text rolling in, 960-960, name and location. Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than um, Flames fans flipping on Markstrom's support. That's yep. Gordon in Riverbend. There it is. That is so accurate. <laughs> um, <laughs> Flames' two goals were faster than Ben Johnson on steroids. Well, it was 979 in Seoul. Well... So. So it wasn't, I get, I, I get it, it. it wasn't faster. It's a, it's a fair point, but it was yeah. like three times longer, actually, if we're being factually accurate. Uh, our man Wedley, faster than the Raptors report. Well, not really, because we only have 24 seconds on the Raptors report. Well, we the, the buzzer's like 27 seconds, and sometimes I do a preamble. So it, sometimes it gets to about 30 seconds okay. of Raptors talk over the course of the three-hour program. Um, keep those rolling in. Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than blank. By the way, my goodness, stay warm. The extreme cold warning still in effect for southern Alberta. Uh, wind chills in the minus 40s. Please, for the love of Christmas, uh, try to stay warm out there. Bitterly, bitterly cold. It should let up uh, by Saturday. Friday, it's going to be a balmy minus 15, but it should uh, let up by Saturday. So... Please try to stay warm. It's hard. It's not great here, George. I'll, I'll tell you that for free. It's the vibes are not immaculate. Um, it is. I'm sure it's a little brisk. Um, Flames two goals faster than Canucks fans jersey tosses. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good. That's true. Um, we got a busy show. Mike Fuda. Sportsnet NHL analyst at the top of the hour. Look around the league. My pal Brent Gutting, co-host of Leafs Nation pre and post game, but he does the golf show on Sportsnet 590. The fan. Uh, we'll ask him. We'll talk to him about the whole Masters decision to let live golfers into the tournament this April. And Alex Faust, LA Kings play-by-play voice for Bally Sports West and the NHL on TNT. Tee up the Kings and Flames game tomorrow night. We'll do that. At 8.30. But, yeah, Flames uh, with a big, big 7-3 win last night against the Sharks. And a couple of those goals the Sharks call uh, scored were just very sloppy plays by the Flames. Uh, the first one, the Zadorov giveaway. And then the one that really worried me at the end of the second period with that horrendous line change, Matty, mm-hmm. that ended up in the back of the Calgary net. I thought that goal was going to be a game changer. And I'm like, there's no way... San Jose has any business to beat the Flames in tonight's game. Yeah, well, it's 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 a terrible change, and then not only that, but it's in the final minute of the period, and then the Sharks come out. They have a few good shifts to start the third period, and they're able to tie it up moments later. I I wouldn't disagree with you. It was one of those moments that you kind of look at it and you feel, man, the, the team has done a lot of good work. They've, I don't think it's a hot take to say that they were the better team through 40 minutes of play, but to leave only up by one goal, it was kind of like, Oh, seen this story before. And it doesn't really end. Well, a one goal cushion for the flames is not nearly as cozy as it once felt. And sure enough, sharks were able to tie the game, but then it was kind of some opportunity for that, that newly put together cadre line to get out there and, and make a little bit of hay, but I'm totally right there with you. It was one of those moments where you felt good about what was happening, but you weren't getting the results. And then just one mistake where you're pressing just a little bit too hard and everyone's a little discombobulated as they're flying off the bench and trying to get another defensive structure. And it's in the back of your net. Barabanov's able to uh, kind of sneak that one in past Markstrom. So yeah, that was a, it, it was a, a little bit of a pucker moment and especially with 30 seconds going into the uh, 30 seconds left of the period, you're going into the intermission. I hate those goals because it just totally changes the kind of mindset that you have as you go into the break. 
Um, can I tell you what kind of feels I had watching the game last night? I'd love that. Um, do you know when, and you can definitely attest to this, you know when you're playing a beer league game against a team, ultimately you know you're just going to beat. You've, you've played them before. They're kind of down in the standings. It's one of those games where all the boys are going to get their cookies and you're just excited to play, go to the rink that night because you know you're just going to win the game and get some points. Oh, yeah. That's the vibes I got from the Calgary Flames last night, how open they kind of played last night and played freely because ultimately they knew they were the better team. They were going to get that win last night. Six guys had multi-point games for the Calgary Flames last night. Didn't it feel like they just knew they're going to win that game and a lot of guys are going to get their cookies last night when you play a bad team in beer league? You know what? I think that it's it's unique because I would have really I don't know. I I think it's one of those games where everyone came to play and that's what you need to happen. I thought that the those that the Huberto Cadre Lucic line was outstanding with a, a a few key points later on in the game, but it was one of those games where you kind of looked at it Okay, you, you beat them quite handily on Sunday. Now they don't have Tomas Hurdle, who's their top center. You should be able to beat them. And then not only that, but you are spotted a 2 nothing lead after the first 30 seconds. So I understand if you kind of feel a little bit complacent. You know, winning games in, in the same place back-to-back is, is not easy. We've heard a few players, former players, coaches talk about that over the course of these, you know, kind of three days, the team was down in San Jose. And as a result, here they are. They were able to get it done. The The hot start certainly helped, and I thought that they kind of were able to um, not kick the feet up, but you, you felt like you were going to be able to get two points once again after the way that game started and, and Sunday had gone. Uh, text line uh, shining through already. We're asking you, Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than blank. Uh, this is a great one. Bruce and Cochran. Uh, the Flames' first two goals last night were faster than an Oilers fan's teeth cleaning session. Are oh. you saying, Bruce, that Oilers fans don't brush long enough? Only 30 seconds of brushing up in Edmonton? That's that's pretty good. I like that, actually. That's a good chirp. John in uh, Citadel, uh, faster than Eric Carlson getting back on defense. <laughs> yeah, he really, um, really legs it out there, hey? And then you also are like, oh, on the back check again, hey? Uh, just just chasing the rush again as a defenseman. All right, sure. That's one uh, way Andy to defend, I guess. Andy in Calgary, the Flames scoring two goals last night was faster than Oilers blowing their lottery winnings. Oh, well, yeah, I, it's hard to say, I guess. You got you to gotta do a bit of a sliding scale there. You know, they haven't totally blown all of their lottery winnings yet because you could argue that the the jackpot that they hit, the the final jackpot they hit was the biggest of them all, and they're still living off those dividends. Uh, It's true. Um, Keep them rolling in. Uh, 960-960, name and location. Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than blank. Um, Do they really got something here with Lindholm, Dubé, and Toffoli? Is this something that they might ride with? Because, man, I don't know what it is, Maddie. This was supposed to happen when Huberto was here with Lindholm. It was supposed to just click right away. It's supposed to look great. Man, since they've put that line together, they've just absolutely clicked. I liked them quite a bit yesterday. Uh, I thought that it was a lot of stick checking on the Timo Meyer goal that led to the Sharks tying the game up in the third period, but that would probably be my my only knock on that group. Lindholm winning three real key faceoffs to start the game obviously helped the group and and had them off and run into that two nothing lead. As it was literally, you know, you look at those two plays that they score goals on, pretty simple plays, dump and chase. Sharks turn it over, and all of a sudden you've got two goals. So I've liked what I've seen from that line. I've liked what I've seen from Huberto and Kadri playing together as well. And I thought, you know, I thought Milan Lucic fit in fine on with that group uh, there last night. I don't know if that's a, a long-term solution, but I thought for the particular game, it, it definitely worked. And, and if you can go with that and, and Dubé and, and Lindholm and Toffoli offer you another you know, top line caliber group 
and you can look at your top six and say, yeah, we feel real comfortable with both these guys. And if you know one of them's going every night, we're feeling good about the offense we can produce. And if both of them's going, then we're probably going to score four or five. That'd be ideal. That wouldn't hurt. It would be a little bit of a different way to attack the offense compared to last year where it was kind of one line doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And, and this you'd kind of spread a little bit of the offense out throughout your top six. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of teams that have had success, won Stanley Cups with those types of lay- lineups. So I liked how it's played out so far, and I thought the top six was pretty solid yesterday. Now, uh, this is a question for you and producer Patrick Dumas. Uh, were you both heading, were you, were you both petting a hairless cat with a brandy snifter in hand and a cigar in front of a roaring fire when Milan Lucic scored goal number two last night when I gave you the guys of the four and a half total <laughs> goals for the season and him to go over? Um, I wasn't last night. I was pulling a clip from that interview that we did with Lou, and I did come across that clip once again with you asking Lou. And, and Lou, me, and Patty all took the over there, George. Yeah. I told you. This guy, he scores in bunches. I don't know who it was who made the awful pun on the broadcast yesterday about bunches and, and grapes and being in San Francisco. It might have been Leslie, and it was definitely flag-worthy as they okay. returned to action for the well, third it period. It wasn't as bad as his performance on Dragon's Heart, <laughs> though, was it? No. Okay. No, I don't think it was. But okay. um, nevertheless, yeah, <laughs> dude yeah. scores in bunches. Back-to-back goals. He's already at two. He's going to have five before Christmas, Georgie. What? <laughs> Oh, really? No, probably not. But He's got to okay. get a hat trick here coming up? No, he can yeah. get two and one. A two and a one. Two and a one? Yeah. Two against a, LA. Deuce and a single. Team. Yeah. One against LA. Um, at least one against Anaheim. It's a point course. night. And then. That's it. They, only probably have em- well, they got two games left before yeah, the holiday needs three and then, Well, okay. Then he'll get an empty netter against LA too because that line's going to be out there killing the game at the end of it. So there you uh, go. I, I know we've had question marks along with a lot of Flames fans on him being elevated into this lineup, into the top six. He even talked to Julian McKenzie about it Yeah, yesterday. But dude looked good last night, Matty. Dude looked really good. Like the nice little pass he used, he makes to Nazem Kadri. On the winning goal was gorgeous. It's an outstanding little give and go. He uses kind of his size to rotate, protect the puck. Uh, a deft little pass to put it right on Kadri's tape, and the shot is an absolute laser. Don't get me wrong, but it's a great play by Lucic. And then on uh, the insurance goal that he scores as well, joining the rush a little bit late, something that uh, Greg Millen was talking about on the broadcast. It's something that if you're playing with Huberto and, and you're kind of being that late man joining the rush, it can be really beneficial because of the way Huberto likes to attack the zone and then delay, wait for help, and kind of get people streaking once the defense has all gotten themselves flat-footed to create some different opportunities with a little bit of speed coming off of the bench or, or through the neutral zone or something along those lines. And, you know, it's not blazing speed, but Lucic came through the middle of the ice. Huberto makes a great little pass as he's being engaged by the Sharks defender. And no mistake from the big man. He pots a goal in back-to-back games. And, and this one uh, definitely... Felt like he kind of forced it through Reimer. Like, that's one that you look at, and you probably want to stop that if you're the goaltender. Um, but still thought it was a little bit nicer than the the one shot against San Jose back on Sunday that was a little bit of a floater that bounced off Carlson and in. A little bit of a nicer goal. Step in the right direction. Two tucks. On to the next. See how he plays in uh, L.A. Um, Still tons. On the Flames' big 7-3 win over the Sharks last night in San Jose. Uh, the Rose Report is straight ahead. Um, just a couple things before we get to the break while you were sleeping. Uh, some craziness transpired last night in Major League Baseball. So Carlos Correa, we talked about it on this show, that uh, he couldn't pass his physical. Well, we talked about his monster deal with the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. So apparently didn't pass his physical, and then the contract was voided, and then he ended up signing with the New York Mets last night on a 12-year, $315 million deal. So apparently he'll pass that physical, I guess. And according to ESPN's Jeff Passan, who does a great job 
of covering Major League Baseball. Uh, the Mets' current payroll is estimated to be around $384 million. The luxury tax payments alone will exceed $111 million just in luxury tax. Oh. So their total payroll projects to be around $495 million, Maddie. And the A's will spend, what, like $30,000 on their roster? And they'll get a check like from the Mets. <laughs> Yeah, because of that, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Good for them. Um, that's a lot of yeah, money. That's how it works. Eight hundred and six million dollars in contracts dished out just in the since the start of free agency for the Mets. Now, this whole your your physical falls through, so your contracts voided, and then you just immediately sign with the whole team. Like that's peculiar, right? We're we're raising some eyebrows there. We're a little yeah. Well, well, not really, because San Francisco's team doctors looked at him. So why are the Giants like, oh, yeah, 12 years, 315, no you problem. The Mets? Or the Mets, yeah. So why are no they like, come on healthy, down, I guess. Well, yeah. I guess, but I don't know. If I'm, I don't know, if I'm New York, I'm saying, isn't that a little bit of a red flag? The dude couldn't pass his physical? Because it was a long-term deal with the Giants that he was signing. So why weren't they like, oh, this will be fine in a season? I don't know. A dude's contract got voided. That seems suspect to me for him to just get another deal right away. Okay, yep. sure. That seems and Steve a little Cohen eye-raising. And the Mets. How awesome would that be to be a Mets fan when your owner literally gives zero you-know-whats with the amount of money he can spend? Yeah, like that's 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 pretty sweet. But yeah, I'd be a little bit worried, honestly. This dude didn't pass a, a physical, and you just signed him for twelve years, three hundred fifteen schmill. Like, why, why on earth, if you're a Mets fan, would you be worried about anything? Because they'll just spend, spend, spend. I, I, I guess well, I there's don't know. no cap in baseball. There's like you, you can uh, you another can make reason up your, why I'm like ugh. you can get over these problems. Like, oh well, I'm paying this guy, but Sick. all right, I can afford it. It's yeah. not affecting your payroll structure. And until there's a salary floor or a cap or something put into this game, yeah. you're going to see teams spend like this. And Cohen's the richest yeah. owner in baseball. Yeah. So, well, I guess great, but I don't know. Well, sure, Patty. They're the quote-unquote richest owners in baseball. Well, I know, like, what Toronto and Atlanta can do because they're owned by media companies, but still. No, the, the Blue Jays have more money. They yeah. just choose not to spend it. Exactly. There's a big difference. What Blue Jay fans would be complaining if they had a $495 million payroll and they have all the best players? might even have to be more because you have to get these guys to come to Canada. Now, that's, again, that's a that's a misnomer um, that gets thrown around in baseball a lot because people want to attach other sports free agency to baseball. Like, hockey's different, and we even had, who was talking about yesterday? Uh, uh, the Tim, Edmonton Tax. Yeah, McAuliffe, the Edmonton tax, right? Yeah. That's a thing in the NHL. In the NBA, um, the Raptors have never signed a prominent American free agent. I know they've re-upped guys like Chris Bosh, and I, I understand all of that. But just getting them to sign in Canada, they've, they've just never been able to do it. In baseball, uh, and the way their union is structured, they don't care. Uh, they'll play on the moon if it's for an extra dollar. <laughs> So it, it has nothing one. to do with the Blue Jays in Toronto. It's the team that's going to spend more money. Much like Russell Martin. Oh, he's coming home to play in Canada. Everyone loves Russell Martin. He's a Canadian guy who wants to play for his Canada's team. Well, no, the Blue Jays just gave him an extra year. That's why he played for the Blue Jays. Like Baseball's the one difference that if it's a dollar more, they'll go there and play there wherever it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they all they all go home anyways in the off season. Not a lot of the guys. It's like NFL teams and such like that. You, you don't have a lot of guys in the who states anyways. Yeah, you, more and more, especially nowadays, just the the modern athlete doesn't usually call their off season home the same as their playing home right. when when they're in season, right? So why wouldn't you? And especially for baseball, when you're playing every single day, you get three days off a year. Who cares where you play? It, the whole, the regular season is such a grind, so I understand it being completely money motivated. And frankly, when you look at a lot of the players that are there, there's a lot of guys that anytime you kind of get into that upper echelon of making that type of money, that is a humongous change for not only them, but 
their entire families, and, and that's a huge thing for them. So take every dollar you can get. You Don't think Steve him. Cohen's the modern-day George Steinbrenner? Like, he'll spend and spend it, and it doesn't matter? Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Until it until it gets the rings for them? Like, they'll spend until it, sto- it, it works. Or he just wants to keep winning championships yeah. and stick it into the face of the Yankees? Because you look at the Yankees, they... Like, since Hal took over, they do spend, but, like, they don't, I don't know, they're not clicking on the same free agents that they did in, the, like, the late 90s, early 2000s as they do now. Right. They keep the guys in-house. Hal does business a little different, but Cohen is definitely George Steinbrenner to me. So how long has Cohen owned this team? It's been a few years now, right? Three, two, three. Yeah, and he said when he bought it, get ready, Mets fans. Continues to add. They bought him on awesome. September 14th, 2020. There you go. Are they going to make um, it to the World Series this year, though? They could. They got the pitching staff. They got they got everything. <laughs> they got a little bit they of everything. They absolutely could. Um, some sad news, too, to pass along. Uh, Hall of Fame running back, uh, the man who had the immaculate reception for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Franco Harris, passed away last night at age 72. Uh, this one really stings. Uh, Friday is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and on Saturday uh, they were going to retire his number in Pittsburgh. So just Mm. awful, awful timing and a really sad story. But uh, we said goodbye uh, this morning to a legendary uh, running back, Franco Harris, passing away at 72. All right, Uh, we got a ton to do. Um, The Rose Report is straight ahead. Flames with a gigantic 7-3 win over the San Jose Sharks last night. We'll dive headfirst into that. And we're also taking your text messages at 960-960, name and location. Uh, Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than blank. And later on in the show, I'm going to tell you about a diehard fan who had to attend to some business before going to his team's game. We'll do that later on in the show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. No, yeah. In the afterglow, yes, sir, of a Flames 7-3 win last night in San Jose. It's the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet, 960. The fan at the top of the hour, Mike Fuda, Sportsnet NHL analyst. By the way, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Keep those texts rolling in, 960-960, name and location. Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than blank. Uh, I like this one from uh, Roley and Okotoks, Matty. Uh, then Matt Rose jumping out of bed when he realizes he's late for work. Oh, you know what happened yesterday? Um, okay. One of my alarms went off at 4.30 in the afternoon. So there must have been some sort of a mix-up. So it turns out I didn't have four alarms that went off yesterday. It would have been probably closer to two. Mm. So that's why you overslept a little bit and almost missed the show yesterday. Yeah, I tried to do a little edit on some alarms yesterday and accidentally must have flipped it from the a.m. to the p.m. Very common mistake. Yeah. See, that's why I rock the 24-hour clock. You don't get confused that way. Look All at right. you. Yeah. All Patty right, doing Patty. the military time. Okay. Damn right. Yeah, Mike Fuda coming up at 0700 hours, according to Patty Dumont. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, later on in the show, too, uh, we'll tell you about a super fan who had to attend to some business before he went to his team's game. I'm interested in this tease that you've got. Well, that's, that's why it's called a tease. Guy's I a hope pro. you're interested. Guy's a pro. Well, I I wouldn't say a pro. I also like this one. Um, Gordon, again, in Riverbank. Great job. Faster than uh, Russick leaving Alberta on the first cold snap. Well, no, Gordon. It was cold a few weeks ago when I was there. Where it was in the minus 20s. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Where I was struggling just walking back to my apartment. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good when you were here. It was not good at all. We didn't like no. it. Uh, but uh, please, for the love of Christmas, stay warm out there. All right, busy show. We got to get to the Rose Report. Big Flames win last night. And the Rose Report is brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Oh, thank you, George. Not a ton of different sports on the go right now as we near the holiday season, the the lull between NFL weeks, some, N- some MLB news over the evening, of course. 
Um, Will got got your breakdown of the Calgary Flames. To rock, he shoots to score. Yes, sir. That's right, Daryl. Caudry certainly shoots to score. Successful few days in San Jose, now off to L.A. We'll also took a look at the rest of the NHL schedule. Start with the Flames, though. A couple of roster moves announced ahead of the contest. Chris Tanev activated off the injured reserve. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. He's back. Big center Radom Zahorna sent down to AHL Calgary as a result. Sorry, was that recorded off of television? Like uh, that audio was. Well, it's just old school. It's it's from an old Frankenstein film, Frank. Oh. So it's. Uh, was that recorded from the Nickelodeon? <laughs> yes, I'm going to go with a yes. Um, also, it was Tanev's happy birthday, so happy birthday to him. Okay. Uh huh. I. Is What's it that? weird that we wish, like Chris Tanev, what turned 33 last night? Yeah. Is it weird? We're like, hey, happy birthday, Tanev! You're 33. Like, is it weird? Why? Celebrating people's birthdays? Why is that weird? It's an adult birthday. Who cares? Okay. Go Have ahead. some fun. It's I love birthday. fun. No, you don't. You just fun. said it's an adult birthday. It's not very cool. Well, no, it, it's fine. It's we don't just... do that here. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was just wondering. We don't do that here. That's <laughs> Toronto radio. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, when it's mean? your birthday, Maddie, should we make a big deal about it? Yeah, I'm turning 30. It's a humongous deal. We okay, should make a gigantic a deal, deal you... out of it. Okay, when you turn 33, is it a big deal? Yeah, it's a humongous deal. I'll be turning 33. We should make a huge deal out of it. Birthdays are awesome. It's a reason to have fun and celebrate. Uh, My birthday was in October, and I made no mention of it during the show. I don't know whose fault that is. Mine was last week, and I didn't mention it either. Cowards. here. Yeah, I wasn't here, but it's still. (laughs) (laughs) What, were we going to call you an interview on your birthday? Well, it was a Saturday, so we had no show. (laughs) The reasons just so, keep racking up. <laughs> yeah. So, so Patrick Dumas, you're a year wiser now. What did you learn in this year? <laughs> yeah, we don't have to. I don't. I don't want to interview you. I want to celebrate you. Okay. I, I just want to go out and George. It's a reason to go out and get all banged up. Like, do we okay, really need to get into this? Fine. I can't believe the way, you don't like adult birthdays. This is baffling. No, I didn't to me. say I didn't like it. But I didn't. No, no, no. See, now you're. You're trying to twist my words. <laughs> I never said I don't like adult birthdays. I'm saying it's really not that big of a deal I, unless it's a milestone. I can't believe you said you wouldn't go to anyone's birthday unless it was a first birthday. That's unbelievable. It's pretty rude. Um, yeah, if uh, We just got a text. If you're getting older, you're dead. Thank you. But that's also the plan. Like when people go, oh, you're getting older, eh? Well, it's better than the alternative, is it not? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Sir. Like, I really need to know how this football season is going to wrap up. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Happy 33rd, Chris Tanev. Here's two quick goals. Here they come, Dubé to Toffoli. He <laughs> scores! Just 15 seconds into the first period. And here they come again. Dubé shoots, and he scores! Oh, my goodness! What a start for the Flames! Dylan Dubé dangles and leaves James Reimer looking for his jockstrap. 30 seconds in, it is 2 to nothing. The Flames scored two goals in the first 30 seconds of the game. That's a new franchise record. Some key face-off wins is what Daryl chalked that up to. They started one centerman. Lindy won the draw. They scored. Put another seven out. Third, Lindy won the draw. Went in there and scored, but another 7 out, 3 1 the draw. We went in there and scored that loudest. 1 3 in a row. Ping, ping. Could have scored 3. Just like that. Could have scored bing, 3 bing. just like that. Bing, bing. You ever heard a more uh, uh, less enthusiastic bing, bing in your life? 1 3 in a row. Bing, bing. <laughs> bing, bing. Bing, bing. Um, bing, bing. 960, 960. For the first time, I'm on board with George. Thank you. Adult birthdays don't matter. Anyway, continue. Yeah. 
That's too bad. You guys put a little joy in your life. No fun, guys. Flames were off yeah. and running, although they'd leave the first with only a 2-1 lead after a third after the third pair got all tangled up behind their own net. Nico Stern would capitalize on a turnover. In the second period, the Flames were the better team, but they couldn't break away. Trevor Lewis would score his seventh goal of the season, 200th career point in the process. So uh, congratulations to him. Um... Unfortunately, a sloppy change would see Alex Barabanov tuck a puck past Markstrom in the final minute of the period. So it was only 3-2 after 40, despite the Flames outshooting the Sharks 24-14. to A little bit close for comfort, and it got even closer early on in the third period. Pachur knocks it down and holds it in. Throws it into the far corner, but Barabanov falls. Now it picks up. Puck's picked up by Meyer. Drops it. Carlson makes a shot. Makes a pass. Meyer scores! This is a great play by Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson. Meyer gets the puck off the boards to the middle of the ice. A lot of stick checking from the Flames forwards. Allowed the pass to Eric Carlson. Gives it right back to Meyer in the slot. A masterful give and go. Just four minutes into the third period. This one was all tied up, Georgie. Um, and, and this is the, the one storyline. Obviously, last night, it's about the franchise record. Two goals in the first 30 seconds. Keep those texts rolling in 960, 960, name and location. Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than blank. But uh, there's one thing I want to talk about here after the game was tied 3-3 and Calgary uh, just let in a couple sloppy goals. Jacob Markstrom was fantastic last night, especially when the game was tied up at threes, especially when the Sharks had that power play in the third period. He really shut the door last night. I know he got lucky on that one shot that maybe hit the side of the post, but Jacob Markstrom was the reason why uh, the Flames sealed that puppy last night because he was fantastic when the score was tied 3-3. And you couldn't really blame him on those other goals, really. Nope, nope. Terrible, terrible change. Uh, terrible giveaway by Zadorov. Meyer okay. shooting in the slot, but yeah, you you're, you're like, yeah, a save would be nice, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to string him up for that one. That one was fine. Um, um, I uh, I thought he was great last night, and I think he's been terrific. And you nailed it that you thought that Markstrom was going to play last night, and he'll obviously get one of the next two games here before the Christmas break. Uh, I would imagine it would be. You think it's tomorrow against the Kings? I think it's the Kings against the Kings. That's the bigger game. And then you give him a little more time off that extra game and exactly. then you have the Christmas break? Exactly. Okay. And then he goes against the Oilers. I thought last night. I don't know what you thought. I thought he was great to, to, to not let any more goals in last night. Yeah, he let in three, and I understand that. But he was terrific last night, shutting the door in the third period. Well, how fitting was it that he makes a humongous save moments before the Flames get the lead right back. Now the Sharks have a long 2-1-1. Walking in and shooting. That shot by Lindblom booted away by Mark Struve. File that one. Here comes Kadri the other way. Kadri will chip it to Lucic who centers. Kadri shoots and scores! Nazem Kadri picks the top corner. Uh, great to see Lou back calling the games as well. You love when you're right as a broadcaster, hey? File oh, that yeah. one. Here comes Kadri the other way. <laughs> Oh, moments later in the back of the net. Out of Elu. Uh, how about this? Daryl Sutter on uh, Kadri's game winner. To rock it, he shoots the score. It's a pretty much an unstoppable shot. And in traffic and pull it and shoot it like that. So the Kadri line with Huberto and Lucic gets the go-ahead goal. And they yeah. weren't done there, George. Here comes Huberto nope. up the right wing side into the shark zone. Huberto spins and drops. Lucic shoots and scores! After snapping a 50-game goalless streak on Sunday night, the big man, Milan Lucic, has scored in back-to-back games. Not bad, big man. Well on his way to that total, George. Uh, we, we talked about it yesterday. I gave you guys the over-under total for Milan Lucic goals in the season. Four and a half. You, producer Patrick Dumas. And Lou smashed the over, saying, oh, no, he's going to fly over that total. Scores again last night. We talked about it yesterday. Wow, what what are they doing, you know, having him on the second line? Again, this is a head-scratching move. Julian McKenzie talked about it yesterday on The Athletic. But, Maddie, ever since he sat three games as a healthy scratch, he's been good. He's been good. He looks faster, I guess. Now, I do a wonder bit. if he's going to need the odd game off here and there to just make sure those boots stay under him, which I don't hate. 
Uh, you got yeah. some other options that could bump up and play that role if you need them to. But for now, ain't broke. Don't fix it. Yeah. Huberto with three uh, assists I, yesterday. I thought the uh, I thought that line was great with Huberto and Kadri. And that feels like that's going to be the match here. Yeah. Long term. Huberto and Kadri together, which, which sounds great because, as we talked about it to kick off the show, uh, the Dubé to Foley Lindholm line. It's just clicked. It's working. Like they look good. And even you're going to get to it in a sec. Even the empty netter by that line uh, took a piece of skill. Well, you did have the empty netter by Toffoli. It's a goal scorer's goal. Uh, the other thing that we saw was Nazem Kadri score another goal in garbage time. But the Flames take a 73 victory and four of four points against the Sharks. Any uh, closing thoughts before we do move along here? Um, again, it, it's what we talked about. Easiest schedule uh, the remainder of the season. And... Daryl Sutter giving his team some goals here before the holidays. Let's get into a playoff spot before Christmas time. And now they have a fantastic opportunity to do it against the terrible Ducks. And again, I know the Kings are ahead of the Flames in the standings, and they picked up a win last night over those Ducks. We'll get to that as well. But this is a good opportunity for the Flames to really get into the Christmas break on a very, very high note after a very frustrating losing streak. Let's get to that L.A. and uh, Anaheim game as it was the Ducks and the Kings. The Flames next two opponents battling a Pacific Division battle. Uh, the Ducks are rolling with 22-year-old netminder Lucas Dostal right now due to some injuries between the pipes. He's been really good of late, but not good enough to take on the better Kings team. Broken stick for Vetrano. Fiala up ice. Vetrano Alex Iafalo scores late in the second. Kevin Fiala scores a beautiful goal to make it 4-1 in the third period. Just shakes off two Ducks defenders. 4-1 the final score as uh, that one actually breaks a season-long winning streak for the Ducks. They had won uh, two games for the first time this season. Hasn't been good in Anaheim this year. The other game had the Kraken hosting the Blues. Seattle in their worst slump of the season over the last two and a half weeks with just two wins in seven games. St. Louis, on the other hand, continues to be one of the streakiest teams in the NHL. Three wins to start the season. That's good. And then they had eight losses. That's bad. And then they had seven wins. That's good. And then just two wins over their last ten games. Ooh, that's bad. And now they're hot again. Smoking. Four wins entering Seattle. But they dig themselves a hole too big to get out of. Up top it goes, Will Borgen. A shot rough down O'Reilly. They score! Thompson Seuss-y. The Seuss is loose. The Seuss is loose, Georgie. <laughs> Seattle wins it 5-2. to two. A couple of points for Brandon Tanev on his brother's birthday as they break the Blues' win yeah. streak. And he also missed a penalty shot last night. Sure, yeah, but two points on his brother's birthday. Like, that's worth Not celebrating. Bad. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure that was the reason. Seven other games included a few Canadian teams. The Leafs were hosting the Red Hot Lightning. Winners of five straight battled the second and third place teams in the division with Toronto holding a three-point edge. Second of three meetings after the Lightning won the first tilt back in early December. This one, all Leafs through 40 minutes of play. Back to the blue line again for Sandine. Back to Matthews. Room to shoot, and he does, and he scores! Austin Matthews with that wicked snapshot into the top shelf. It's 2-0 Toronto. Austin Matthews with his 17th. That comes on the power play. Made it 2-0 in the first minute of the second period. Leafs outshot the Bolts 29-8 through 40 minutes. Tampa better in the third, but Matt Murray holds the door, stopping 18 of 19 shots. Leafs score a couple of empty netters and win it 4-1. But defenseman Rasmus Sandin did leave the contest with a neck injury. Sheldon Keefe said the play was innocent. They'll have to do some more assessing today, so no timeline. But he becomes the fifth injured defenseman for the Leafs right now. Not good on the blue line. Almost unprecedented kind of injuries that they've had to deal with on that blue line in Toronto. And they continue to be a wagon uh, yeah. this regular season. Racking up win after win. And again, I'm sure we'll talk to Brent Gunning about golf later on, but he also does Leafs Nation pre- and post-game. Mm. I'm sure fans are getting suckered into the Maple Leafs again in December. I Yeah, that, that probably 
Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, All-Canadian matchup as the Jets were hosting the Senators. Jets without Connor Hellebuck. He was a little bit sick, feeling under the weather. So former Flame David Riddick getting the call. Didn't really matter who was in the Jets net as the Senators had a, a little bit of trouble in their own end. They couldn't check the fire exit. Morrissey makes a nice move. Cuts it over the <laughs> slot. Shoot! Score! Off the post and in. How about that for Josh Morrissey? Yeah. It's a six on five for Winnipeg for Gagne. Gagne shoots, he scores! From the hash marks on the far side. Not great, Bob. Uh, some brutal turnovers in their own end. Jets led 5-1 after 40. That's your final. Sens lose 2-3 on their road trip. Jets back in the win column, and they stay right on the heels of the Central Division leading stars just one point back after yesterday's action. The Jets might actually be good this year, George. Nah, really? So. Nah. Well, the the thing is, like Connor Hellebuck is looking like he could win the Vesna this year. Like him, they aren't Allmark healthy and, at all. Him, Allmark and Sorokin are. Yes, you know what? Um, why? With all due respect, Maddie, you're yeah, not I mean, asking the guy what from am I Winnipeg talking about? about the yeah. Jets. One of them is shut my dumb mouth. Go ahead, Patty. They're just really beat up right now. No Nick Healers. No Blake Wheeler. Like the defense. No, oh. no Nate Schmidt. Poor Blake Wheeler. Well, Wheeler's been playing really good this year. Yeah, but that injury, my Dude. goodness, I wouldn't wish that on my worst no. enemy. But both Ehlers and Wheeler should be back around the All-Star break. Get Nate Schmidt back in there. You know what? This team's a good team. Maybe they're in on Jonathan Taves come trade deadline. Bring him home. Whoa! 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 Wow! See it now! Bring him home! Okay! That's where would he play, Patty Dumont? Is. I could play him on the wing, second-line center. Dubois playing out of his mind, so I don't know. You can find a spot for him. Yeah, well, he wants out. That's why he's playing yeah. out of his mind. Yeah, a lot too. Uh, top two teams in the Metro are facing off the Hurricanes hosting the Devils. Both teams had 44 points as they entered the first of four meetings this season. The Hurricanes red hot of late winners of five straight points in 12 straight games, while the Devils limping into action. Losers of five straight games, including three straight regulation losses at home. We've been talking a lot about rookie netminder Pyotr Kachetkov. Outstanding. The 23-year-old was making his eighth start in 10 games through the Hurricanes. He was good. Not much could be said for the Devils netminder Vitek Vanacek. The puck comes along the boards. Mercer can't handle it. And Slavin has it. He's got a little bit of speed. He'll send it across for Teravainen. Teravainen scores! Shorthanded! Snapshot! I can appreciate the call on the Hurricanes radio network, but this was a harmless shot by Tara Vine, and the Vanacek needs to stop. Uh, third goal on just 13 shots. You're not going to break many losing streaks with those numbers. The Hurricanes win this one 4-1. to one. They take over first place in the Metro. They dethrone the Devils, who had held that position since November the 4th. Six and a half weeks, the Devils were first in the Metropolitan Division. Are you uh, are you off the Devils' bandwagon now? Losers of six straight. Um, they're still going to be a playoff team, and I think that they can get it sorted out. Teams go through these stretches, but it is starting to show that maybe the goaltending isn't nearly as good as we thought it was. And that was my biggest question mark with the Devils going into the season: is were they actually going to get the stops? And, and you'll get there, but they're only two points ahead of the Penguins now in the division after that red-hot, incredible winning streak. Speaking of, Penguins and Rangers, another Metro clash yesterday. New York just a point ahead of the Penguins and winners of seven straight games ahead of this one. Pretty even game. Really, the difference was the power play when it all shook out. There's Malkin room near circle. Wrist shot, scores! Make it 10. Pittsburgh ties it at one. Kept alive by Joseph. He slides to the blue line. Chris shot on and they score. Russ was cutting in front. Power play goal with 12.7 to go in the period. And Pittsburgh for the first time tonight, they have a lead 2-1. to one. Malkin scores his 11th goal. He extends his point streak to 10 games while Russ scores his 8th late in the frame. Sidney Crosby added an insurance goal with his 18th, 18th of the season for Sid. My goodness. As the Penguins skated to a 3-2 victory, the Rangers pushed... But they see their win streak end at seven games, and the Penguins jump over them in the standings. Metro's going to be fun to follow this season, George. Yeah, it, it looks like it is. And there potentially could be a representative from that division in the Stanley Cup final this year. What do you think? Yeah, I could see it. I could see the Hurricanes. Uh, Penguins are 
Definitely someone on my radar. Rangers? I'm intrigued by the Devils. If the Islanders get into the tournament, I would never count out a team that kind of plays with their style and Ilya Sorokin. There's a lot of good teams in that Metropolitan Division for sure. Um, wanted to just end here. Uh, the Flyers beat the Blue Jackets 5-3. to three. The Blue Jackets are the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and uh, it's a seven-point gap between them and the Flyers. It's really too bad. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad <laughs> song for you on the world's smallest violin. It's a shame. Seven games today is closer we... to home. <laughs> Three days before the home. Halfway home. Three more days Halfway of Halfway there. <laughs> One more flight and he's home. <laughs> One more connection. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Games of intrigue tonight. Oilers and Stars at 730. Golden Knights and Coyotes at 8. Canadians on the road to battle. The Avalanche are the only other Canadian team in action apart from the Oil. Uh, Devils, Panthers, Lightning, Red Wings, Predators, and Blackhawks in the Wild, and the Ducks. George, did you see any of this Argentina celebration yesterday oh as God. they celebrated the World Cup? My yeah, goodness, um, it was chaos. It was. Over 4 million people in Buenos Aires, and I went to the Raptors parade, uh, which was, I worked it, uh, 2 million people. I just couldn't imagine double the humanity. That's absurd. Did you did you guys see the part where they're on the bus and they almost got like maybe electrocuted by power lines and they all had to duck? Did yeah, you see like that? almost decapitated. Who was it? The one homie who lost his hat uh, there, Leandro Paredes. Yeah, he lost yeah. His hat. It's like lost that's his messy bu- right there. Maybe yeah. we should have a little more planning. People were that would have climbing. put a bit of a damper on the on the celebrations. Pe- people were climbing climbing that two hundred and thirty five foot obelisk. Obelisco. Obelisco. Uh, which did, did sounds you also see him incredibly trying to dangerous. get into his home, Messi? He couldn't. There were so <laughs> many people around his house. They had to literally airdrop them in via helicopter, which is absolutely yeah. wild. Um, just wanted to end here, Georgie. Uh, the Wranglers and Rain played the first of two back to back games at the Dome yesterday. Uh, the Wranglers would win 4 to 1. Dustin Wolf stopped 37 of 38 shots. Two point outings for Zeri, Poirier, Peterson, and Pospisil. They'll wrap up their schedule, uh, their pre-holiday schedule tonight, and it is AHL game 1,000 for their captain, Brett Sutter, the son of Daryl Sutter. So uh, a big congratulations to Brett as uh, he hits a pretty impressive milestone. Only eight players have played 1,000 AHL games. Uh, that goal will go at 7 o'clock up at the Saddle Dome, and uh, that'll do it for today. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific work. And the Rose Report is brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Straight ahead, Mike Fuda, Sportsnet NHL analyst. Brent Gunning on golf. Get, keep those texts rolling in, 960-960. Name and location. Calgary's first two goals last night was faster than blank. And we'll also tell you about a super fan who had to attend to some business before his team's game. It's all straight ahead. Big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Happy